This episode is sponsored by EY and Brave. You're listening to Consensus Conversations 2023 by Coindesk. We're coming to you from the Brave Podcast Studio at Consensus 2023. Brave is the privacy browser used by almost 60 million people worldwide. It has everything you need to stay safe online. Check them out today at brave.com. Money is changing, both in form and function. Money Reimagined is about the changing nature of money, digital currencies, and various topics related to finance, blockchain technology, artificial intelligence, and more. Michael Casey and Sheila Warren walk us through the dynamic and evolving nature of the global economy and the implications for businesses, governments, and individuals as they must adapt to new payment methods and technologies. Welcome to Money Reimagined. Hello and welcome to Money Reimagined. I'm Sheila Warren and this week we're recording live from the Consensus Conference in Austin, Texas. I'm so pleased to be joined by Magat Wade, who is a serial entrepreneur, inspirational speaker, visionary leader, and author, focusing on creating positive change in Africa. I'm going to have the pleasure later on today of introducing Magat on the stage to speak about crypto in Africa and how we're seeing the global south, Africa in particular, and the entire continent in different ways, really engage with this technology and innovation in a space that I think would be surprising to listeners in the United States. Magat and I have been backstage talking just a bit about how interesting it's been to watch, my God's based in Austin, but did a stint in San Francisco, so it's very familiar with American entrepreneurial innovation and how we think about that in the United States. But having the perspective that she has on the Global South, specifically on, on Africa and on the continent, and seeing the differences in how much the continent has embraced this technology and this innovation, while the U.S. still seems to be putting the brakes on it in really surprising ways. But Magat, let's bring you right in and tell us a bit about yourself. How did you get into crypto in the first place? What was your journey? Thank you so much, Sheila. I'm so glad to be here. Um, so I came to crypto the same way I think my fellow Africans, um, my fellow Africans uh, come to, came to crypto on the continent. Because you see, I still spend half of my time back home in Senegal because my business is there. So um, as a business person, what does it mean to be doing business in Senegal and why would someone like me be attracted to crypto? Um, we all know business people, we, I mean, money is the nerve here, right? So we need to be, um, money has to flow. Um, I gotta be paid and pay um, as quickly as possible, as um, efficiently as possible. So I need to pay my employees, I need to pay my suppliers, and back and forth, you know, my, my customers need to pay me as well. So when you're in Senegal, for example, do you know that uh, anything that's a $3,000 mark, you know, let's say I need to pay somebody outside, one of my suppliers outside of Senegal, and the bill is more than $3,000, I have to go and ask for a special permission wow. to the state through the bank because of the banking laws and regulations. Imagine, I mean, what is $3,000, right? For, wow. right, yeah. nothing. So I'm spending a lot of my time dealing with paperwork because each single time an, uh, an operation like that has to happen, I have to go and I have to apply and wait. If not, the money doesn't leave. Same thing for some uh, money that needs to come in up uh, to a certain uh, amount, they have to almost do like a whole family investigation on you as to what is this money, who is paying it to you, what for. I mean, we're dealing with this every single day, literally. 
my employees, most of them don't have um, a bank account. Why? Because, you know, because of the banking laws. They are so stringent. I mean, I think Africa is one of the regions with the most, um, with the strictest um, rules when it comes to banking and finance. And so what does it mean technically on the ground? Like, for so many of us, we don't have um, bank, banking, bank accounts. In our country, but my employees, because you know, I, I chose to work in a small village so that we could provide jobs to people who, without us, would never have pretended to have a job. I have these women who are 26 years old, 30 years old, and they're like, without you, we would never. My 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 goal in life was I'm waiting for a husband. Nothing wrong with that, by the way. I'm very pro-family and everything. But you know, surely, if a woman wants to work, she should be able to work. Uh, but if there's no jobs, nothing. So that's why we settled there. So we're dealing with. Um, um, you know, employees that are from very, very modest backgrounds. And so many of them don't have bank, bank, banks because why, in this case, they don't have uh, even their birth certificates. Because when uh, so many of us, when you're born, there's all of this other paperwork that needs to be done and so many parents don't do that. So it follows you um, decades later. When you go to the bank, where's your birth certificate, this, this and that, because, you know, um, CYK rules, you know your customer, is um, KYC rules, know your customer, uh, what's going on. So they don't have these, 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 bank, these bank accounts. So how do I pay them? How do I pay them? So because of all of these reasons and the fact that sometimes even if you try to get $50, a friend of mine got literally visited by the equivalency of the FBI because he sent $50, $50, twice out of the country. They wanted to know who are you sending this to, what's going on, what you know, so when you're facing all of that, at some point you're like, you know what, screw it. <laughs> I gotta, <laughs> I, I gotta be proud. You know what I mean? So that's how I came to crypto. Not because some fancy, you know, um, philosophical, you know, libertarian ideologies or who yeah. knows what else. It's practical like, needs. Practical needs. Practical exactly. Needs. Yeah. So I gotta, I gotta work around this madness of stupid rules and regulations. I'm going to crypto because crypto gives me the freedom and access that I need. Yeah. That's how I got to it. This is fascinating. So, and you're talking not just about cross-border payments. In the U.S., I think there's like this understanding like, oh, yes, remittances. Remittances are a great use case. Uh, those are, of course, payments that flow from primarily the U.S. or other countries abroad. But you're talking about in-country payments and trying to do things like, I mean, forget payroll, just literally trying to get money into your employees' hands yeah. in a way that is not going to trigger all of this yeah. scrutiny and activity and yeah. everything else. Yeah. Tell us more about the business that you started and, and what you were focused on doing. Yeah, so in our case, we build, a, it's a manufacturing, it's a skincare company. Mm -hmm. It's called Skin is Skin. So it's um, all of these natural, organic, you know, uh, balms that we have. So lip balms sold at all Whole Foods markets. And so our whole thing is uh, focused on African ingredients, um, using the very best ingredients that our country has to offer in this case and just basically bring it back to the rest of the world. And by that, showing that, um, you know, the greatness of my land, the greatness of our people, of our, um, you know, ancestors. African women have usually beautiful skin, and there's a reason for that. And we have all of these ingredients that the rest of the world is just catching up with. So that's the nature of the business that I have there. So we manufacture um, organic and natural skincare products. So what you don't know is that I am a huge fan of Skin is Skin, no. and your black soap and chai butter. Oh. Yes, I waited to tell you that on, thank on, you. on, uh, on the pod. Yes. yes, thank you. Uh, and so phenomenal products. But what I also really love about your company is that you really work closely with women. Mm -hmm. So to the point you were making about women and, and having the opportunity to bring in income, generate income, the empowerment that creates, yeah. but also you really look at creating a community of your yes. entrepreneurs. Yes, Think yes. A bit about that. So basically what it is is um, 
with skinny skin, we, I'm, I'm one of these people who forget charity. Um, the solution to poverty, insofar as Africa is the poorest region in the world to this day, which is something that breaks my heart to no end. But like I said, we don't have time to sit down and be crying on our, on our, on our, on our case. Let's get up and do something. Criticize by creating. So if poverty is this big problem that I have on my continent, I, I know better to know that the solution to poverty is not charity. The solution to poverty is prosperity, right? So, and that comes, Snaps. and prosperity is built by entrepreneurs. And so it was very important for me to basically go on this journey of we're just gonna build, um, the, the way we build prosperity is by building uh, uh, companies. Why? Because companies are the ones who create the jobs that basically build the middle class. So we don't want your handouts, we don't want charity, we don't want givebacks. Contribute to a good job. That's your only job. And in this case, I'm not even asking you, so I don't want your money or anything like that. It's like, we sell you this cool lip balm that we know you need, your lips need, and let me, you know, and we sustain those great jobs back home. See, that's that win-win-win, eye-to-eye type of uh, dynamism that happens all around the world. All around the world, we are trading with one another. And that's really all us also Africans want. We don't want anything else. And so that's why I did what I did. So we, and when I decided to, so I built these businesses back home, we built the manufacturing. And the reason why I focus on manufacturing is because that's one of the activities that can help uh, put many more people to work. All of these people who have really gifted hands, they're amazing. These women are just so, so brilliant. Um, they might not have your computer science, you know, degree or anything like that, but they know very well how to do these things. And so I focus on activities that I know we can put to work right away these women and what they already have to contribute to the world. And so um, we decided when we, um, so when I established, uh, you know, business back home, I did what so many people don't do, we go reverse. Because so many people, they would go to the, to the, to the capital city or to bigger cities. Why? Because that's where you have better infrastructure. But I'm like, Everybody does that. This is why Dakar, for example, the capital city of Senegal, that's where you found one quarter of the whole population. It is crowded, it is horrible, it is polluted, it is a joke. And so people are leaving the countryside to go to Dakar because everything is in Dakar. The jobs are there. And so us, we're like, if we want for these communities in the countryside to remain healthy and thrive, we are gonna have to bring what communities need. The anchors for a community, jobs, and schools. So jobs through the company that we have there, and school, we, we uh, created a Montessori, but really it's like an entrepreneurial type school for the children of our workers. Because I believe every child deserves the best education in the world. And so it, is, it was just not sitting well with me, but these kids, because they come from very modest backgrounds, you're basically looking at the poor people of tomorrow. That's not right. That's just wow. not right. Yeah. So uh, we designed these schools that are modeled after the type of schools that my husband uh, creates. He's one of the top educators in the U.S. So it gives me a little chuckle to know that um, our, you know, the children of our workers are getting, um, you know, sixteen, twenty, thirty thousand dollar education. That, you know, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I? There's this. The first kind of talk I gave in crypto back in, I don't know, what, 2017 or whatever that went kind of viral was 
uh, I, I talked a lot about this this charitable initiative called Play Pump. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with this? Okay. Yeah. So I'll tell the story just here for listeners who aren't familiar. Yeah. But it is this it is it is an emblematic story of a failed philanthropic initiative that did not take into consideration the needs of the actual community. And so the story, as quickly as I can tell it, is that um, there was a need for water uh, in rural, you know, rural communities uh, in Africa and Sub-Saharan Africa. And so uh, this, you know charity entrepreneur kind of type went in there and said, oh, you know, right now there's all this water in the ground, but it's very hard to pump it and the wells don't work efficiently and it's a lot of effort and part and it's the women of the, of the village who have to go and do this. What if we could help the women make their labor easier, etc.? So they decided to build these merry-go-rounds or carousels where children playing on the carousel would actually pump the water. And the theory was, oh, the children will play, the women will be there together, they can enjoy some leisure while their children play and do the work of pumping the water, etc. Exactly right. Okay, so they did this, they built they they took this idea, they got all this money, they built these things, and they were a complete failure. Why? A couple of reasons. Number one, uh, which is just should have been spent really no excuse for this one is it turns out you'd have to like run the carousels i mean like 12 hours a day non-stop to get enough water for the community so that was like crazy because if it came that looks a lot less like fun and a lot more like work you know when you're like run on the carousel come on kid keep doing it you got this right they're like uh not fun so that was like a giant technical fail but the other i think more profound failure in some ways was that uh, the, the paths that the women, that, these were not on the paths that the community was using to commute from place to place. And what they missed was that culturally, the women used the time they walked water together to actually like foment change, to get together. And they were like on their water walk, whatever. What they were doing was not just like idle chit chat. They were actually talking about how to change the structure of the village for the better, the problems, the challenges, and coming together and banding together. And when that fabric was torn and broken, because they were just kind of like dropping off their kids to run on the carousel, something really fundamental and profound shifted in the culture that was not for the better, did not empower them, and was not helpful. And I use this as an example of a a civic tech tenant, which is build with, not for. Yes. Just something that Lauren Ellen McCann pioneered out of Chicago. And it's this idea that you you have to engage the community That's in right. what you're doing. If you're talking about, to your point, prosperity and empowerment, that can never be top-down outside agencies coming in, whatever it is, whether it's development, whether it's uh, business, whatever it is. So what I really appreciate about your model is it's very crypto-native as a model, right? Because what you're saying is empowerment begins with the community. Right. And it begins with a model that is almost a governance model. Kind of, I don't know that you thought about it this way. I'm curious if you did. But how are you creating those connections into the community that are almost like what we would call in crypto governance, right? Yes. And maybe there's no DAO or whatever, but that kind of um, that structure exists. Yeah. So I'd love yeah. to hear your yeah. thoughts on yeah. that. Yeah. No, it's a very good point that you're bringing because... Um, for us, I I even look at it, even the governance, even within the work, so even within our workplace, right? And I remember when at first, you know, it's one of those things because in the U.S. I learned that you know the lower, you know, like for um, lower salaries, um, it seems like uh, people have been paying uh, once a week, and so I was thinking, well. 
it's, it's not even so that the salaries were low, but it's, I'm thinking, okay, once a week's uh, pay would be so great, because this is a country where people, of, legally, you pay once a month. So by the, the fifth of a month is when everybody gets paid, and for most people by the 10th to 15th, they're already struggling. They're already wow. struggling to how we're going to make the rest of the end. Yeah. And this is how you have employees come back to you, ask for an advance on their salary. Yeah. And this is how some, some people literally have no, they took so much advance, but literally for them... It's a debt burden, yeah. It's a debt burden. Yeah. It's not even... Exactly. So what happened... Exactly. So I started out with, yeah, this is going to be so great. You know, isn't it going to be fantastic? We're going to pay you once, once a week. So I was all excited because I was armed. We're doing something really cool. And then after a few weeks, somebody, one of them, one of them came to me, he's like, Mega, can we talk to you? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, you know, this once a week pay thing, it's bad. It doesn't work for us. I'm like, what do you mean? This is supposed to give you more, you know, more yeah. like cash flow. No, it doesn't because actually I'm wasting my money. Because, <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? And oh I my said, goodness. No, I said, what are you talking about? She's like, she's like, yeah, because you know, what I what I forgot at that point was how actually people in the, um, in their you know income bracket live. Mm. They live very much like it's a super tiny cash flow situation. So their whole life is designed around buying small at a time for what they need because that's all they can afford financially speaking. Mm. So all their habits are designed around that. So when you give them too much for them, what seems like too much money because they're not used to having so much money every single week, then. To their own admission, they tended to waste it. It, it was just not. And I said, "Oh my God!" Wow. And so, and I said, "So what?" Uh, that was my natural question. So what should we do? So yeah. forget even like, should we go back to one month? I'm like, what do we do? And she said, um, "I." And she said, "One month is definitely no good. Once a month is definitely no good because yeah. that is too much." But she said, "Every two weeks is perfect." And that's it. That's what we decided to do. We're doing the same thing about almost yeah. everything. So people are kind of. Um, and so for me, what I'm doing is, look, I'm, all I care about is that my, um, our common uh, responsibility is to the customer. The customer dictates his place. Because without customer, we all go home. There is no you employee, there is no me employer, there is no suppliers, right. there is no nothing, the school stops, everything stops. So the customer is our boss. So, our, um, so there is what we owe the customer, but beyond that, how we get it done, it's really among us. I don't care. You yeah, tell me because yeah. you're also the ones doing it. Yeah. So every single day they're making decisions. They decided like how, how they want to organize their work hours. At least one time they came and like, you know, we don't like having to go back home in between um, because it's just not, we prefer to come this early and leave this early, all of that stuff. I mean, so we're just making decisions together all the time yeah. and technically, even my own uh, attorney told me, he's like, my God, you're, you're at the risk of being in trouble. Because the thing is, let's say one day somebody comes and says, uh, we're not getting, um, I don't know, like uh, the lunch break the way we're supposed to get it. Because by law, mm. it has to be minimum this. But they're mm. the ones who are asking. Mm. And it was a concerted decision among themselves. But guess what, Sheila? I'm doing yeah. it anyway. Yeah. I don't care. So yeah. in our own way, we are um, going against, we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. Of course, they're protected for, I mean, yeah. great work well, environment, everything. You're being responsive to the needs exactly. of the community. Exactly. Yeah. And I have prepared, if one day mm. we have a problem, or like a ro somebody went rogue on us or whatever, yeah. I am perfectly happy sitting right here explaining what we did, why we did yeah. it, and it happens to me, whatever happens to me, I don't care. I know that right now, we are working with the community in a way that works for them. Oh, my incredible. employees tell yeah. me how they need it, 
as long as our customer who is the boss is served well. Yeah. Beyond that, they're the ones and they tell us how we do this. And if there's something that I know that might work against it or whatever, then I talk to them about my limitations sometimes mm -hmm. and then we find different solutions. But this is, we've been doing our own thing. Same thing with the school, same thing with the school. So many things to discover. And this is where I've always believed in the power of emergent order. But when you're in it, you have even more respect for it because when you let things bubble from the bottom towards the up, the stuff you see, the stuff you learn, yeah. and what you can build in, as a consequence, That's right. it, is so, it becomes so resilient. And people will go to battle for you. It mm -hmm. is unbelievable. So for me, what's, what's not to love? And so in our own way, yes, we don't have necessarily you know, set up DAOs or anything like that, but it is technically already happening. It's a real-world DAO, it's essentially, real world DAO, right? Exactly. Yeah. With Brave Wallet, you can securely manage your crypto across 100 chains, including Ethereum, L2s, Solana, and more. Buy, send, hold, and swap crypto and NFTs, all right in your browser. No extensions required. Download the Brave browser today to get started at brave.com forward slash wallet. Are you looking to fast track your enterprise growth? With tools and solutions from EY, you could run your essential business applications, including private transactions and zero knowledge applications on public Ethereum. From supply chain to procurement to sustainability, EY blockchain's APIs and zero knowledge tools make public Ethereum accessible to all enterprise users. Find out why some of the world's leading companies are building on Ethereum with EY. Visit us at blockchain.ey.com. This is exactly what this build with not for concept that I became so obsessed mm -hmm. with a decade ago that really mm -hmm. informs everything I do is mm -hmm. about. And so to me, when I think about any, I'm, I'm like you, I'm not in crypto for philosophical reasons. I'm in it for practical, practical reasons because I've also just, you know, decade in civic tech, I've seen like yeah. what, to your point, empowerment and prosperity can do for people because it's not just money in hand. No. It, is, it is that agency right that people get the idea that they have this ability to come to you and to come individually or collectively and affect change yes. in their lives yes. in a very tangible actionable immediate in some yeah. cases it sounds like way yeah. that alone yeah. what that gives you in terms of how you see yourself in the world mm -hmm. i think is there's nothing like it nothing. and i think it's fascinating to me to think about how much we've talked about in, in the united states we talk a lot about you know empowering girls and education and all this mm -hmm. kind of stuff in some spheres, we pay attention to this. In other spheres, we just ignore it completely. And I find that the dissonance around that is really, it's, it's wild. It's also quite troubling. And so what I really appreciate about what, what I think you're, you're saying is that it's, I think of this as almost like user-generated, right? That's in this it. case, the users are your employees, That's right? It. And you're saying you are generating these ideas. That's it. And to your point, sometimes there are constraints, and those are also real. That's right. But it's a dialogue that that's you're right. in. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. No, and this is why, that's why, you know, for me, I know that, um, especially in many African nations, you know, I, for some weird reason, especially in Francophone uh, areas, it's very top-down, right? Yeah. Because I think this is inherited from the French. You Colonialism, know, the colonial it's, the, it's all, very yeah, top-down. Legacy. Yeah, so where bosses think that they know it all. And it's like this way and not the other way around. And on top of that, some of them, they even have this thinking that Africans just are not 
that all together, that's a whole other conversation. Uh, we can but talk about racism anytime exactly, you want. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you have this attitude and the workers then are, get used to working under conditions like that, right? But for me, it is uh, very important where I, I always take time to explain why any requirement that the business has, I explain what, what it is. When I have to explain to them, what is this lot number? You see, at other places, the way it would be introduced to them is just like, make sure you put this thing underneath each lip, each um, you know, lip tube. Right. Me, it was like, I wanted to explain why we're doing this, mm. why this code is so important. Because A, you're, in, you're helping them understand the world at, at large, because you know, it, me, if it was not my business, I wouldn't know why we have that code, what the, how does it work, all of that stuff, what does it matter? It's not because they're stupid, it's just because if it's not your, what, you, what you do with every day, why would you, you bother with yeah. it, right? But there are, there are things that they know way better than I do, and vice, vice versa, that's yeah. why diversity is good. So in any case, I explain, I take the time to explain, this is why this lot code has to be here, and explain what this lot code, how it works, you know, like this lot code, if ever there's a problem, Remember that customer, the bus customer, can show up one day and say, oh, I had, I had a sore in my lip because of your product. Well, okay, Which, uh, we uh, have to find yeah. out who and who is responsible. So that's why this lot number, this is, you see the sheet you're filling out with your name, the time we poured, blah, 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 who was in the lab, who was in charge, when you poured, when you unmolded, all of that needs to be here. And you see how every ingredient you put here next to it, you're putting the lot number of that ingredient. Because if something happened, God forbid, we're gonna pull out one of our samples, but why are you keeping two samples of each in the right. safe? We pull it out and it's sent to the lab, independent lab. And everybody in the chain that is in this product, so all of these other lots you're putting, we're gonna contact everybody and say, you also pull a sample of that lot. Right. They're yeah. gonna be sent to labs as well, independent labs. And then eventually it's gonna come back and say, okay, you had, this is what you had, maybe E. coli, and we know that it came from this thing, that ingredient that came from that your place. supplier. Yeah, so yeah. we call that supplier and, you call the and that supplier's and insurance. You know, right. Exactly. And in the meantime, we can we can send recall a callback, yeah, recall right. the product to all right. the stores and say, right. hey, everybody that has um, a lot number X, please discard it, send it back to us, but don't use it. Right. Yeah, so we yeah. stop everything right there and then we investigate. And then we investigate, we find out who is it, who who is it, um, who caused it, and then their insurance gets in, into action to, to then get it going. And you're like, Wow. And so, and then the <laughs> yeah. thing is, once we understood the principles behind why we're doing what we're doing, Sheila, you don't want to know how much better and better ideas they came up with. Of course. To even be like, well, then if that's what you're after, it's better to do, it's actually, you also need to check this or no, yeah. to need to check that. I'm like, but Magat, here's the thing, right? Because it's it takes a certain kind of personality and it takes humility to acknowledge what you just said, which is we all have different areas of expertise. These are the folks doing this day to day. They're going to generate ideas when they understand the context of what they're doing. That's and right. so I will tell you, when I meet with policymakers, primarily in the U.S., a lot of the feedback I get is about the arrogance of the crypto industry. Mm. And some of that I think stems from, you know, uh, how and look the technology is elegant and innovative and yeah. exciting, and I get all That's that. Right. Policymakers don't necessarily care about that. Okay, <laughs> they're like, this technology is elegant. That what? Fine, great. Mm -hmm. We've led with that for a long time, and there is this kind of superiority that if you are technical and yeah. if you are the CEO or yeah. the business leader, like yeah. you have all, you know, yeah. and that is, yes, it is fair to say not everyone can do those things, mm -hmm. right? But not everyone can do the other things either. Takes a village. It exactly right. And to your point, diversity is important, but everybody 
and an endeavor is important to yeah. the endeavor or they wouldn't be there. Absolutely. Right? If you, Absolutely. nobody is trying to, I mean, as much as we are yeah. all about empowering, we're yeah. not like em employing people that we, that are not helping no. the, right? No. You're not doing no. that. No. So everyone there is important. And yeah. the fact that you create that culture, yeah. and to me, that is the yeah. purest form of crypto nativity mm -hmm. is that recognition that yeah. we are all in this together. Yes. And it, I think in its ideal form, crypto is not about exiting systems, it's about creating systems that acknowledge and recognize the contributions of, of every everyone. Every single individual in everyone. there, absolutely. And no, I, it's beautifully said, because that's what attracts me to it as well, because when you look at it beyond it, it's 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 a system, right? And it's it's a beautifully designed system. Yes, yes, And I agree. it has the, uh, the ability to self-correct if it's allowed, if it's left um, free to self-correct. Yes, so the minute right. you put uh, a rock in there, the whole machine goes you know, wild. And I guess maybe that's why they're worried about uh, the regulators. But again, even there, we, we, we engage in a different in a different manner, right? Yeah. So this whole, you know, I have to say, something that became clear to me is um, that by, um, by just being in it, the tech people had had to become a little bit more humble more recently, I think. Because for the longest right. time, they thought that they were, everything was beneath them. Yeah. Government was beneath mm -hmm. them. The regulators were beneath them. They're idiots, whatever. And that, whether it is true or not, it's a whole, you know, other conversation. But bottom line is, whether you like them or not, they're here. And we have to put up with them. And they're and part of the me, society. I come from the place where it's better to be at the table where things are going to be negotiated than be like, oh, you idiots, stay be on there. the menu. <laughs> because they're putting some stuff in there that's gonna, really going to affect us. Mm. So I think that recently, what I'm, at least of the many tech um, entrepreneurs that I'm seeing, it seems like they have woken up to the fact that, no, government is not beneath you. And uh, if anything, it, uh, what you're trying to build beyond government might be messed up by government that you have neglected. So. For me, it's, it, it is frustrating. I can see why it could be very frustrating, but I go back to, let us try to do it right somewhere. You know, like show the hybrid, show the collaboration yeah. between government and crypto where it works. Because we're gonna find places like that, where the government, we're gonna find a government that, that knows everything we're talking about as well. Yet says, I still have to do what I need to do, mm -hmm. but uh, you're, you're right. It doesn't have to be so constraining. Yeah. And I'm with you there, but we also have to worry about certain things, right? So I think if we, if we can model, if we can find a way to model it somewhere, yeah. then I think all the fears will go down and we will go faster. I think so, we're getting there. Yeah. And, and what I love about what you described is in my mind, that's how this really ought to work, right? Mm -hmm. is, your employees came to you and said, this is what we need and would like yeah. to do. And you said, here are my constraints. Yeah. Wouldn't it be something that the industry could say, here's what we're trying to do. And the yeah. government could say, here are my constraints. Exactly. And that could be an honest conversation. Exactly. And exactly. Right? An honest conversation. Exactly. And then also have this ability sometimes to be like, because I even so, you know, sometimes even to be, uh, oh, okay. And then the constraint might be a bigger problem because sometimes, you know, um, I have seen myself with, um, thanks to my employees, even especially when you're trying to think about who should be the, your customer, mm. but the employees helping you actually put your foot down and say, you know what, I don't want that customer after all. You know, yeah. And for them to sometimes be like, you, know you have I mean? to make those decisions exactly, too, right? But, boundary uh, setting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Healthy boundaries. Healthy boundaries. <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, but that's the thing. So for me, it's just like, um, so I'm, I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying not having to come up with the solutions. I, I really am. Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying just uh, 
and I go back to maybe Montessori because I love a Montessori model. It's this concept of a prepared environment. Yeah. You have a prepared environment, but within it, you know, and it's prepared in a way that's fast to foster innovation, creativity. That's right, creativity. And beyond that, an agency, an way. agency. Agency. My kids and are Montessori that, kids too. It's about exactly. agency. Yeah. yeah. Get out of the way of a child. Yeah. That's I right. love that. And so I feel like our I want to think about our government that way. Mm. You know, because then I know my NCAP friends are going to be on my case because they're like, oh. <laughs> but I'm like, you know, again, let's be pragmatic yeah. here. So um, can we think about a sort of prepared environment where then you get out of the way? So for me, that's what I'm doing with my employees. I, we have this prepared, you know, you know, environment. Everything is, you know, we hope and we, we re revise it on a regular basis. But beyond that, I know that my job is to stay out of their hair. Mm. Yeah. It is. And uh, the work they do, it's fantastic. Um, I can even, attest, it is yeah. fantastic. <laughs> well, I'm afraid we're going to have to going to have to wrap. But my God, you know, I think I was so eager to have you on in part because when I well, first of all, because I love your products and Thank I wanted you. to meet you, so yeah. selfish reason. But secondly, as I learned more about your business and your model and how you're thinking through crypto and using it, it was so interesting to me to actually think about it as a real world manifestation of all the philosophy that people give so much lip service to and talk about. You're doing it in real time with the way that you are creating this, again, this governance model, whether you call it that or not, right, around how you're engaging the different segments, your customers, your employees, you, your government, all of that, right? even your banking system and how you're working with all these different things. In some cases, the constraints are very real. In some cases, you're aware of them and you're doing a different thing. Exactly. And you're like, we'll see where the apple, the apple will fall from the tree. What what yeah. yeah, whatever, totally wrong metaphor, but you know, you'll know, you say like, we'll, we'll take the consequences if they exactly. come, as and when they come, because this is the right thing to do. Exactly. And you're leaning into that, but you're doing it in a very principled way that's yeah. very thoughtful. You're not doing it, you know, you, you know what you're doing there and you're doing it deliberately. And to me, in, in my, the way I think about this, when I think about crypto and I think about what draws me so much to it, it is again, it's about all the things we're talking about. There is of course a philosophy underlying this yeah. that you and I can both articulate, but that's yeah. not what drives it. It is seeing need. Yeah. It is seeing the practical consequences of engaging yeah. in this way, yes. having observed over time so many models that were top down, that were didactic, yeah. that just didn't actually serve to create prosperity and agency and empowerment in culture. Yeah. And we are fundamentally talking, I think, about the cultural shift. Yeah. That's what, it, it, it hurts me, honestly, that, that so much of that gets lost in the discussion we have around regulation, especially in the United States, yeah. that what we are talking about is so much more profound. Yeah. It is about a cultural shift. Exactly. That is, to some extent, assisted and abetted, and even sometimes driven by technology and by this innovation, but really by about what it embodies and what it signifies. Exactly. And I think what you're doing is you're taking a model that works and then you're layering onto that various kinds of technology, various kinds of government, various kinds of systems to say, in its pure form, let's observe what's happening and what is the most empowering thing that we can do to yep. create this. Yep. And then you're saying, now let's try to cement that. And I'm reminded on the pod maybe a year ago, I talked about, you know, uh, in Boston, one of the jokes is that the roads, they're crazy. And the reason is in part because they actually paved how cows would wander. Mm. So they were like cow paths and they paved them. So they're like, well, those are the paths that the cows use. Mm. We're just going to make them roads. Hilarious because it worked for cows and not for not cars. For yep. But it's so different from that's that approach is so different from the plate pump example, which is the opposite. That's it's like, right. forget the cow paths. That's We're going right. to create our own thing, right? right? Neither of those is quite right. It's got to be right. something in the middle that that's recognizes right. a car is not that's a cow, right? right? <laughs> but at the same time, 
there is a reason yeah. that that was considered, yeah. you know, yeah. something that was, you got to explore yeah. that and yeah. examine it and yeah. not just yeah. throw it out. No, and that's a good point because um, what that reminds me too is that um, if, the, if the industry, the crypto industry, um, engage more along those lines, I think we would go so much further. And then I think what we would do, the happy place I would like to see us land on, when it, on the regulation side, would be <clears throat> we got to keep this thing as, um, as uh, what do you call it? We got to keep thinking, We got to keep this thing as um, flexible as possible. Yeah. So that people who feel like um, communities who know that they need to build the merry the merry round, right. do that. Right. Others who feel that they need to do the cow That's right. path, they can do that. They can do That's that. Right. So, can we can we design yes. you know a configuration yes. law wise yes. legally wise where those determinations will be left yeah. to the individuals of these communities it's also business though that, right yeah it's also industry so one thing i talk about a lot is i think we have to talk about scale differently in the mm -hmm. crypto ecosystem mm -hmm. it's not the facebook model where i have 10 billion trillion jillion users and everyone on the planet's using it and that's success it's like no we're enabling micro communities. Right. A community might be 20 people, right. but they are able to leverage right. this innovation in That's a way right. that works for, for them that. as self-determined. Right. And that might mean that there's a billion different models mm -hmm. all leveraging the same fundamentals, and that is scale. That would be the best. That thing. is scale. That is. I agree. I agree. Because that um, one, I think that's know, right. It's shock and then they resilient. Can, and then they can find ways to attach themselves to each other. Exactly. If they choose become to, interoperable right? if they want to. And be. then, or cut off and go move. This whole yep. idea of live and let live, seriously, that's the only hope for I humanity. I wish that were a thing that was more commonly. <laughs> we're going to leave. We're going to have to leave it there. Live yeah. and let live. I yeah. love it. Well, yeah. Magat Wade, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Sheila Warren. This is Money Reimagined coming to you live from the Brave Studio at Consensus in Austin, Texas. You've been listening to Money Reimagined with Michael Casey and Sheila Warren. The show has been produced and edited by Michelle Mousseau. Our executive producer is Jared Schwartz. Our theme song is Aida by Neon Beach. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Please reach out to us at podcasts at coindesk.com, subject line, Money Reimagined, or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening.